0: Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105-1 FM, your home here in Richmond for the Washington Commanders. How about that game last night? And, of course, here on 910 The Fan, you can always hear the sports junkies from 6 to 10 a.m. And I was able to track down the legend, my mentor, Eric Bickle. What's going on, EB? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, and I am fired up for Sam Howell after that performance last night. I mean, what did you like most about what you saw from Sam Howell? I think really, honestly, Adam, he just looks the part. Like, we all have embedded in our brains that he's
1: a fifth-rounder, so he must be awful, that he's going to be terrible at any moment around the corner, and we're going to see why he lasted until the fifth round and every team passed on him four times. Uh, But I think you have to be honest with yourself and go, okay, all right, the Ravens weren't playing their ones, but, you know, he looked pretty good yesterday, obviously. He looked pretty good and, you know, very encouraging against the Browns. Uh, pretty darn good in his one opportunity against Dallas last year. Like, pretty much at every opportunity, he's passing the test uh, with pretty flying colors. And so I'm just, I'm, like, really pleased with the overall package. I mean, number one, the thing I love beyond the obvious like arm strength that we haven't had here in a while, um, is just that he's poised, he's calm in the pocket, he's not afraid to rip one in a tight window, uh, even after a bad play where he takes a, a sack. Uh, I love his toughness. I mean, there isn't just one thing that I love about the guy. (laughs) I I like the whole package. I love that he's not enamored with himself on social media, and he's not doing 100 commercials, and he's not doing every interview possible. Like, he's a low-key dude who just wants to play football. And I just, I mean, so far, I love everything I see, and I just want people to stop thinking about him as a former fifth-rounder and think about him as our day-one starter.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love, you know, the confidence in him. He really is determined to be QB1 here in Washington. And I loved his performance last night, but I would be lying, EB, if I didn't say I thought he had happy feet. Like, I thought he was moving a lot, and I need him to work on feeling out the pressure and stepping up in the pocket. Kind of felt like to me anytime there was pressure, he was running away, you know, and running outside the pocket instead of stepping up. Maybe. I
1: saw a couple times where I thought he stepped up and, and, and weaved around a little bit. Uh, but look, I mean, if there was one thing that Ron made a point of emphasis of saying in the offseason is that he needed to, to, to work on his footwork and he needed to tie in his drops to his throws and his reads, et cetera. So some of those things are maybe above my pay grade. What I'm seeing as just a fan of this football team for the last 50 years, I really like. And I think he has the potential. I'm not saying he's arrived, but I think he has the potential pretty obviously, to be our best quarterback since Kirk Cousins. And frankly, ahead head of where Cousins was in his second year. Cousins was throwing interceptions left and right. Cousins would have uh, these crises of confidence, you know, after a bad series. You know, things would kind of snowball in the wrong direction. This kid bounces back. He seems to have all the attributes you're looking for. But he's not a 6'3", 6'4", you know, kid who played for a national championship.
0: Can't help that. Well, I've also been super impressed with Coach Eric Biennemi's play call and Coach EB, and I'm starting to believe that Scott Turner was just way over his head and should never have even had that job to begin with. Maybe. I don't know. Again, that that's the kind of thing that's above my pay grade, but what I see so far,
1: we talked about it today. I think the spacing looks good. And look, We're seeing a very basic vanilla offense as all these teams are just not going to show you anything. But even in our vanilla offense of preseason, it looks more dynamic than what we've seen the last few years. Uh, So I I agree. I really like what we see so far. Uh, The guys seem to be responding to them. I thought they got a little carried away with the celebration. I was getting Osaka vibes with Spurriers here, and we were acting like we won something when we in the preseason. Um, but I get it. We got a new owner. There was a lot of back and forth with the Ravens this past week with the scrimmages and everything else. So there was some extra animosity there and with the this, this streak. Uh, I, I get it. But I'd like us to just act now like we've been there again. Just, you know, Take care of business. I don't want them throwing this celebration, this crazy preseason celebration, in our faces every time we get smoked. Because as (laughs) optimistic as I am, I do believe it's going to be a roller coaster of a season because the schedule is very difficult and we've got a young quarterback leading the way.
0: I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, we've got EB, Eric Bickle from the Sports Junkies here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. So EB, we know who our wide receiver one is with Terry McLaurin. We know our wide receiver two, John Dotson, keeps making plays. Who do you think is going to get used more between Curtis Samuel or Sam Howell's college teammate, Diami Brown? I don't know. I don't know. That might be a comparable number. I mean,
1: look, I think he targeted Deami six times last night. The thing that's, you know, or at least he was overall between the three quarterbacks. Uh, I think this is a big year, obviously, for Deami. Uh, Samuel, I think, could be as good as he wants to be as, as long as he's healthy. Um, but I would think, I would think maybe those numbers might be similar, which might sound crazy because Samuel's done so much more in his career than Diami, but I do think Diami's on the rise, and I look for him to
0: to have a, a, a real role with this football team. Defensively, last night, we didn't look that sharp. Chase Young hasn't practiced. Evie, is it crazy to say our offense might be more exciting right now? Our offense could be the same level as our defense. Let's uh, so, not so get crazy. <laughs> I think our defense is really solid. you got to
1: remember, I don't think any of our starting front four played last night, so... Don't get too worried there. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't have a lot of depth at linebacker, but I think they did a lot of nice things in the offseason and in the draft to bulk up the back end of the defense. I mean, Manny Forbes looks like he's the real deal. Um, You know, anybody worried about his size and his willingness to tackle, I think, is just being silly. Uh, He's a tough kid, played in the SEC, got a nose for the football. Uh, I just love everything that we're seeing with him, and I think we've got some depth at safety. I mean, you saw Juan Martin make a play last night. Uh, Clayton Holmes has looked good uh, in the preseason. I mean, I don't know. I think the defense, you know, has got a real opportunity to be something special, and a lot of it hinges on Chase. Chase Young is really playing. Like, what is his career arc going to be? Is he going to be a guy who, you know, kind of plays seven or eight years in the league and is kind of an afterthought? Or is he going to be this dynamic guy who's constantly in the backfield game wrecker that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him? Uh, I don't know. We don't know. The jury's still out. I'm I'm hopeful that he can live up to the potential, but I just don't know where he's going to where he's going to end up.
0: We got EB from the Junkies here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. EB, who'd you watch the game with last night? Was your son home? No, we were out at uh, Cakes' uh, poker
1: tournament. Oh, actually... I was watching it on my phone with my AirPods in, and I was barely paying
0: attention to my cards. I love that. So I was watching with a couple of the buddies, you know, the Broskis came over, and they were having a conversation where I want to get your take on. My friends don't want Ron Rivera to stick around next year because he's too connected to Dan Snyder, and we were talking about it last night. They want him gone even if he wins 10 games. Do you understand that? I mean, I guess. I mean, look, the thing with Ron is he's a class guy.
1: Everyone likes him personally. But his, you know, you are what your record says you are, right? The old quote. And uh, he's got three winning seasons out of 12. So I just want a guy that's going to come in here and consistently win football games. Now, to his defense, he hasn't had a legitimate QB1, really, in his tenure here. He may have stumbled onto one. So if he stumbles onto one, uh, and they can find a way to win nine or ten games. I'm willing to roll the dice. I think I think Ron uh, deserves another crack at it based on his, you know, uh, promoting Hal and giving Hal the opportunity. Now, if Hal fails, well, Ron's got to go. And <laughs> well, by the way, so will Beanie. Really? Uh, sure. They're not gonna. You know, the only way Beanie gets this job is if Ron is fired mid-season. Because if Ron is fired, nine times out of ten, they fire the entire staff, right? If Ron's fired, it's because the offense fails. Um, And if the offense fails,
0: that means Bienemy fails. I'm just convinced that Eric Bienemy is not going to let this offense fail. He's just too determined to be a head coach. And, I mean, I said earlier, I am a little worried about the defense. Because, like you said, we didn't play the starting defensive line. Well, Jonathan Allen's dealing with this injury to his foot. That might linger into this season. Deron Payne, he was already at his peak last year. I'm a little concerned that the defense might be a little step behind. You know, they started slow last year, giving up 20 points in the second game in the first half to the Detroit Lions. Are you convinced that the defense is going to come right out of the gate and be top ten? I have no idea. Yeah.
1: But I think that they're going to be solid overall. I wouldn't worry so much. Still, at the end of the day, we got to score points. Yeah. I think that, you know, last year I think a third down defense we're like one in the league. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen again. So we'll probably come back to to normal a little there, a little regression of the mean. But I think offensively we've got to move up. We've got to score six or seven more points per game than we did last season, and that's a big ask. (laughs) So I think at the end of the day the offense is still by
0: far the biggest question mark. EB, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you, buddy. Yep, I appreciate it. Hey, and I wanted to mention, when Drab showed up at football festival, you should have seen my face. Honestly, I could have gone up and kissed him. I was so shocked. (laughs) (laughs) You should have. He's got got nice big lips. (laughs) Oh, man. Thanks so much, man. I'll talk to you again soon. All right, buddy. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back no clue what he's talking about with going for it on fourth downs or challenging plays or play calling it's most frustrating team in the world to root for and every sunday i depress myself for three hours
2: every day 12 to 3 on the new sports radio 910 the fan
3: welcome back
0: what up? What up? What up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio nine ten the fan. Now, home, now, at one hundred and five one FM, your home for the Washington Commanders and the best high school football talk here in town. As we drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar Gary Hess every wednesday at 2 15 of course he broadcasts high school football games that can be heard right here on 9 10 the fan and we run around high school football here on tuesdays at 1 30 with lane casadante from cbs 6 what's going on lane
4: hey good afternoon adam how's everybody
0: i'm doing good thank you so much for coming out to football fest on saturday i hope you had a good time yeah it was fun uh hopefully
4: uh, you get to do it uh every August for a few more years.
0: Yeah, no, it would be great. Uh, We had a good conversation on stage. It was Lane Casadante, Coach Criswell, me, and Gary Hess. So for those of uh, my audience members that missed it, why don't you recap uh, what we were talking about there for our high school football season preview.
4: Well, this is the first year since I've been here anyway. We have three defending champs uh, in in Central Virginia, um, defending state champions Highland Springs, Dinwiddie, and Trinity, but for the first time in my history here, anyway, all three run defeated. They were combined forty-one and zero last year, and of course, already, <laughs> already one of them has lost this year. Dinwiddie went out to uh, Ohio and lost to Glenville, Ohio, which is a school in Cleveland, um, and they lost in a uh, in an early season matchup out there, but. Um, all three of those teams start on the road this year, and they all start out of state. Trinity will play in Ohio next Saturday, I believe, or next Friday. And Highland Springs travels to Miami this week, uh, and they will take on Miramar High School in Florida, which is the alma mater of head coach Lauren Johnson. So all three of them are not only not at home, they are not even in their home state. Uh, as they, you know, Virginia, Central Virginia football is traveling, uh a few more miles than normal to uh, to up their competition this year.
0: It's Lane Casadante with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He hosts Final Score Friday on CBS Six alongside Sean Robertson. So, did you guys have your first Final uh, Final Score Friday? Did you do a preview show yet?
4: Uh, our preview show aired last night. Love um, that! Uh, shout out to our uh, our promotions team of Brandy Brown and David Stotts and Enzo Domingo and our art department. They did a Uh, a Herculean task of making Sean and I look good in that show. Um, And there, there are, you know, we, we touched on the fact there are 10 new head coaches at programs all over central Virginia this year, maybe not necessarily new to players and, and fans, but they are new to where they are this year, uh, which is a high number for us. Um, There's also a number of seniors that have already signed to play at the division one level next year. Uh, So there's a lot and and there's a lot of juniors uh, that are ranked very highly in the state that will be making their decisions in a few months here. And this season coming up is going to be, you know, really crucial for their next the next four years, five years of their future, because this is the year when, you know, uh, a lot of college recruiters really look to see if your talent and your ability are worth a scholarship offer.
0: Lane, last year covering high school football, we heard a lot about Thomas Dale quarterback Ethan Minter. Did you preview the season for Thomas Dale and their quarterback, Ethan Minter, on your Final Score Friday preview show?
5: Yeah,
4: yeah, we talked with Ethan uh, and Thomas Dale again. They were 10-2 and two last year. Um, uh, ran into, uh, you know, every year it seems like uh, whatever Division Six challenger we have in this area runs into the buzzsaw that is Oscar Smith down in Virginia beach. Um, And Kevin Tucker is going to have another really, really good team again this year. They always do Ethan originally, I believe verbal to old dominion, but now he is committed to Virginia. So he will be headed up. This is finally his senior year. He's at least a two year starter, if not two and a half, three year starter at quarterback for Thomas Dale. We've got a couple of those in this area. They're very rare. Um, but there's a lot of experience at that position at some programs around here, which should translate into playing deep into uh, November and maybe even December.
0: It's Lane Casadante here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Joins us every Tuesday at 1.30 to run around local sports here in Richmond, Virginia. So we just did University Drive talking college football. Lane, normally, if I ask the question, who will be the best program in the state of Virginia? It would have been Virginia Tech, but that hasn't been the case the last few seasons. Who do you think is going to be the most successful program in Virginia this season at the college level? I think it's going to be
4: JMU, uh, and I think Liberty will probably be right behind them. Um, uh, Kurt Signetti has taken that program, took it right over uh, where his predecessor left off, uh, and... JMU has played, won a couple of national titles there. They were in the mix every year at uh, the FCS level in the playoffs for you know getting at least to the quarterfinals, if that's the semifinals of the title game. And now they seamlessly made the transition to 1A in the Sunbelt Conference. They won their division last year. They were ineligible because of that archaic NCAA rule hmm. that says you can't pl- play in a bowl game for, I think, two years once you move up in class. Um, and they're picked to win their division again this year, so uh, that's a program that seemingly hasn't missed a beat. They were ranked last year for the first time ever, Uh, came in at 25th for one week after winning their first five games, so JMU is probably going to be the best. Liberty is going to uh, probably be the second best. I think Virginia Tech, I I really, really like what Brett Pry has done, turning his recruiting around. Uh, He has now at least Uh, between 10 and 12 kids from the 804 on his active roster right now, which we haven't seen down there for a number of years. Um, Will they all contribute this year? Probably not. Uh, But give him another year with getting his kids into the system. You know, Virginia tech has 30 new scholarship players on their roster this year. Wow, That's turnover. Now we may be seeing more numbers like that in the age of the transfer portal and things like that. But for right now, for where programs are, thirty is an almost unheard of number. You know, with and I know they had a coaching change just you know one year ago, um, but thirty is a lot for any program, and that's that's how many
0: new faces he has this fall. And then, Lane, if we take a step down a level, how about William and Mary with Mike London now in his fifth season?
4: They've got everybody back from uh, a program that was one of the most, if not the most, successful in school history last year. John Pius is back. Their quarterbacks are back, running backs. Everybody, I I won't say everybody, they did graduate a few people, but a lot of guys that contributed mightily to their success last year are back again this year. John Pius is going to be in the nightmares of every quarterback in the CAA this year just because he was a finalist for a National Player of the Year last year as a junior. Coming back this year, uh, you know, they're already picked fourth in the nation. Uh, to start the season, so obviously it's not just us that think that they're going to have a pretty good year. Everybody else does, too.
0: Lane, once again, appreciate you coming out to Football Festival this Saturday, and we did want to give a big shout-out to Randolph-Macon, who had the best set-up there, an unbelievable booth. They brought out their mascot. They're going to be fired up for another good season. Preseason,
4: uh, number, uh, pre-season pick to win the Odak, I think, and uh, there, was, there was a... Uh, a release yesterday, and I have to apologize. I was taking my son back to JMU yesterday, <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. But uh, randolph Bacon, let me, uh, yeah, unanimous number one, preseason number one at the OAC. Um And it, Pedro Aruza. I have heard this from more than a few people. There are so many people, especially not just in Richmond, but throughout the state that think Pedro Aruza is one of, if not the best, College football coach in the state, um, and what he does up at Randolph-Macon every year—they are always in contention for their conference title. They're always ranked. They're always in the playoffs, and they're always a threat to go deep into the season. Uh, and it'll be—it's always interesting to see what they do. They—they they try to play the, the toughest schedule they can. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see what he does with his talent this year. It's
0: Lane Casadante with us here on the Hadid Mercer-Rug Cleaning Hotline, sports director for WTVR. Follow him on social media, Lane CTV Sports. And the Commanders have been dominating the airwaves on my show tonight. today after I was pumped up after what I saw in the first half from Sam Howell last night. What was your biggest takeaway?
5: Uh, I think he played well.
4: I really liked the way the offense, at least, responded to adversity both from themselves and from the defense obviously a lot of the starters not playing on defense last night and you know you could the Ravens even with their third and fourth stringers managed to go down the field almost at will at times but the mm-hmm. offense responded um, and I like to see that 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 was a more important win for the commanders last night than it was a loss for the Ravens the Ravens don't care I mean that 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 24 game winning streak is an anomaly. It's something for guys like us to talk about. Mm. Um, Now you know they're going to say it didn't mean anything. That kind of you never want to be the person that's on a team that sees a streak like that come to an end. But in you know in the fine print of everything, it doesn't really matter. But that was more important of a win for the Commanders because it's about the attitude of the entire franchise and the attitude of the fan base. You wouldn't have seen that. They don't win that game last year.
0: Yeah, no, Um, you're right.
4: Just because of the attitude and because of so many other things. So is it going to count, you know, in a month or two months? No, it's not. But it might count in a year or two uh, as a starting point. We may point to this as the turning point or the starting off point for where this franchise finally gets itself turned around.
0: Lane, appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Adam. Have a great week. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. So X-rays came back and they were negative on the toe of the right foot of wide receiver number one, Terry McLaurin. How much should we be worried about this toe injury? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Some Commander's Corner talk next on The Fan.
2: Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910, The Fan, and 105.1 FM, AWOD Radio.
3: Welcome back.
0: I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And if you miss any of the show, you can always check out the podcast. Just search AWOD Radio on iTunes and Spotify. We post each hour of the show as well as a best of hour every single day that's available before 4 p.m. ready for your drive home. Grant Danny take over after me from 3 to 6.30 right here on the home for the Commanders, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, Virginia Tech football, play-by-play, and the best damn sports talk here in town. And the phone lines are open. We like to make this an interactive radio show Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. If you have a question for A. Wad, when you're in your car, call in right now. Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Zach, who do we have on the line here?
3: It's Bobby in Mechanicsville.
0: Bob in Mechanicsville. You're on the fan with Adam Epstein. What's up, buddy? Uh, yeah, talking about Tara
5: McClellan's, uh injury. Uh, you know, out of an extreme precaution, uh, they might think about just setting him out that first game. Ooh. See, you, you got, got the, the Cardinals.
0: It's, it, it's the Cardinals. It should be an easy win. And, and look, you're right because it's something that it might linger throughout the season and you want to be extra cautious with it. But he has 19 days, so I, I wouldn't make that decision now if it leads up to it and we get to a few days before kickoff and he's still dealing with it and he's still meeting with the trainers day by day. But don't you want all your starters to be in there week one against the Cardinals and just make sure you get a week one win?
5: Well, yeah, but I want all my starters in there later on when they're against the Eagles and the Cowboys, too.
0: So you're telling me you're – we were talking about it last segment. Concern level about this injury, 1 through 10, where would you say you're at? Uh,
5: I'm at an 8. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: You didn't see enough to, from Jahan Dotson? It's turf toe, dude.
5: Yeah,
0: I know. Turf toe scares people.
5: <laughs> yeah, I've had it. That's why I'm saying it. Really? I I, yeah, Bobby. I want to hear.
0: I want to hear your perspective. When you got turf toe, how long were you out, and what sport were you playing?
5: I was playing baseball. Okay. And and I pitched, and uh, it was on my left foot, and I'm a left hander, so I was, you know, Ooh. on the rubber.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's pushing and, on.
5: And I was, and I felt, and I felt fine, and uh, it, then all of a sudden it just started nagging It nagged me for a year.
0: Oh. Oh man, I don't like to hear
5: no, that. No, and 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 he's got you know you know the the guy most wanting to play uh, against Arizona is Terry McLaurin. Yeah, uh, he wants to play more than all of us wanting to play. But, <laughs> but we probably you know we need to at least think about it, even if he's not showing any symptoms. Uh, another week off of that foot with good treatment uh, might pay off down the road.
0: No, it's a good point. No, it's a good point. Bobby, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So if you're going to hold McLaurin out week one, I mean, you're going to need Jahan Dotson to step up, Cole Turner to step up. You're going to need more from Curtis Samuel and Deami Brown. Um, look, I kinda I get his point there because you want to start the season, and if there was any game to sit him out, the Cardinals, it seems like it's going to be a win. Now, I, 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 look, you don't know what's going to happen week one. Maybe Kyler Murray comes back, and all of a sudden that offense is buzzing. But you look at the Cardinals on paper, you think we should be able to beat them without Terry McLaurin yeah. if we just run the ball down their throat with Gibson and Brian
3: Robinson. And you look at how uh, they're proceeding with an abundance of caution with Chase, too. Yeah. It's like Stinger, the guys in street clothes.
0: Yeah, you Exactly. Know?
3: So I don't know. Hopefully it's not too serious, but that does raise a good point.
0: That's that's one thing that could just derail this entire season is if the injuries start to add up, right? I mean, we did not play our starting defensive line, and I think we're not talking enough about Jonathan Allen's injury as well, right? Because plantar fasciitis might be just as bad or worse than turf toe, right? I've seen it hold an NBA player out for an entire season. So, if there's something that's going to hold the commanders back this season, we know it's not going to be the owner anymore.
3: Dan Snyder's out the building. Could be injuries. I think if if it's one position that you can get away with, that you have great depth in, especially with Brown coming on, he seems to be a favorite also, along with Dotson for Howell. Yeah. This would be your your group that you could afford to sit somebody out.
0: We can't afford to sit out a a linebacker. You know, we can't afford (laughs) to sit out an offensive lineman. But wide receiver, yeah, you know what? It's not bad. But here's what I will say. I don't want to talk about the injury news because it's the one negative when there's so much buzz and excitement around the commanders right now. And if we could just get a win week one, I think the phone lines are going to be ringing left and right. I think the television ratings are going to be unbelievable. I think there is an energy in this town right now. All they need to do is just win week one. There was excitement last night all over social media
3: from snapping a preseason streak. Harbaugh didn't care about that, but Washington did. I saw it. Was it on TV where they posted the photo of training camp? In 2022 versus yep. training camp 2023?
0: Yeah. Dude. It's night and day. That
3: says it all. It's night and day.
0: It's like there was an earthquake at one picture, and then the <laughs> next one was just regular just day. Like
3: uh, one empty Redskins chair, and then two dudes like in the background just sitting down, and that was yeah. it.
0: No, last year, the only guy that was at training camp was Tailgate Ted. <laughs> now yeah. it's Tailgate Ted and 100 of his closest friends. Yeah, Or should I say 10,000 of his closest friends? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. I did want to play the clip of Kevin Sheehan who I like listening to on the Team 980, he joined the Sports Junkies this morning to talk about the buzz and the excitement surrounding the Washington Commanders ahead of the start of the 2023 season.
2: Yeah, I mean I I had uh several people who texted me saying this was better last night. It was better last night than it was for most of the regular season games over the last few years. Right. With the exception of maybe one or two, but Look, there is excitement. I mean, Dan is gone, and um, we've got the, the handshaker in Josh Harris. That was awkward. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually put that on Buck, by the way. I think Buck yeah. just left it hanging we go. there. <laughs> totally. um, but, uh, yeah, there's – Dan's gone. There, you, We knew there would be a bump. Um, and you know, it, it'll, I think it'll climb back. Is the, is the opener has Jason or anybody out there said that the opener is a sellout at this point? Bees. My guess is it will be.
4: I said it would be a sellout
0: think,
1: six months ago, but it's not official. A, I don't think it's official. Cakes
0: wants his credit. <laughs> can the, can the commander's preseason excitement spill into the regular season? Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. I believe it can, and I believe it will. And I agree with cakes.
3: Week one will be sold out. I thought the whole season, all the home games were sold out. I thought it was all secondary market. There's,
0: right now. No, there's a lot of season ticket holders that are jumping back in, and they're selling season tickets, but oh, you can, still get, so right yeah, you oh, can okay. still get tickets right now. PSLs. Yeah, uh, you can still get tickets right now. My buddy wanted to go to the game last night, and I turned him down, and then when we were watching the game, I was like, darn it. I, <laughs> I could have been there.
3: For a preseason game, that was pretty well attended. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a lot of
0: commanders. Right. And you and you're thinking Baltimore's right down the road. I mean, Landover is in Maryland. You know, there's a lot of Ravens fans in Maryland that could have came to that game. They stayed at home because they didn't want because they knew Lamar Jackson wasn't playing and Commanders <laughs> fans came out in
3: bundles. That's a couple of uh did you see the guys in the in the Josh Allen jersey in the Bills hat? No, I didn't. <laughs> He's just like totally representing just, Buffalo. Just I'm game. an
0: NFL guy. I'm <laughs> yeah. a football guy's football guy, yeah. and there's a football game. This I'll be my, there.
3: This is my team. Yeah, this is my team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So we've been doing a ton of football talk on the show today. We're going to switch things up, catch you up on anything you might have missed around Hollywood and entertainment. I'll tell you why I am all the way out on The Golden Bachelor. That's on Netflix coming up next.
2: <laughs> Are you ready to join the Watt Army? Tune into the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 1051 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio.
0: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105-1 FM. So we will talk some UVA football with Greg Medea. He'll join us in about 15 minutes, then I'll give you my final takeaways from the Commander's preseason win against the Baltimore Ravens. It just felt so good to one-beat Baltimore. Two, to end their win streak. And three, to have and Sammy Howell throwing effing rockets all across the field. I mean, it was just awesome last night. But now it's time to catch you up on anything you might have missed around the world of Hollywood and entertainment. Tom Cruise, Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, and more on Netflix.
2: Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix.
0: So, Zach, you know we like to do a bit on our show here where we are either all the way in or all the way out. In or out. In or out. Simple as that. And I saw a trailer last night for ABC's new show, The Golden Bachelor, that will debut Thursday, September 28th, featuring Jerry Turner. A 71-year-old man. He stars in the show Seeking Love. And the thing that threw me off about the trailer was Jerry Turner himself, that old geezer, saying, I don't normally date 25 women, but I'm about to. And I am so out! I'm out! I'm out! Why do I want to watch a 70-year-old man find love? What is is that exciting for me? Unless
3: he's, like, absolutely hilarious. But I'm not only out on this... I've never been in one iota on the Bachelor on the Bachelor franchise. See,
0: I will be honest with you. My mom watched it and my sister watched it. And I got into the Bachelor in Paradise because it's younger couples. They're all smoke shows. And then, you know, basically they're just smushing. They're just hooking up left and right, left and right, left and right. Oh, I'm going to hook up with you. And then I'm going to cheat on you with another person. So I kind of find my, found myself interested in the Bachelor in Paradise for a little while and I did want to say that ABC is bringing back two Bachelor shows they're going to have The Bachelor in Paradise that f- will follow The Golden Bachelor that will begin Thursday September 28th but I'm just I'm so out on The Bachelor The Golden Bachelor
3: this has prompted a call oh really yes who's it, on the line it's a woman oh a woman has called in the show okay who is it it's your mom oh my
0: gosh you put my mom on the line here I, I she called alright mom how are you doing today
6: Hi son how are you I'm doing good
0: so I know that you are a big time fan of The Bachelor right how long how many years yeah. have you been watching that series
6: since the beginning seriously I think I have not missed a season and I think it started in like 2002 or three um, I have watched everyone.
0: Okay, so you've been, the so, you, in paradise. so basically you've been watching it forever. When you heard the news that yes. they were going to have a 71-year-old man star in this show and be seeking love, were you all the way in or all the way out? Oh, all the way in. Why? Really cool. I, I should have tried out for it. Oh, um, my gosh. Why? Why? Have you seen this guy, Jerry Turner? Do you think he's an attractive 71-year-old man?
6: He's very attractive. He's very, very attractive. Um, he's a widow. He's from the Midwest. Uh, Loaded. He lost his wife to a bacterial infection, in twenty seventeen. Oh my god! You know store. this guy's bio. <laughs> oh, they had they had him. They interviewed him, and uh, this was just last week, I think, that when they had the mental. The men tell all. Then they have the little promo for the. Golden. Oh my
0: gosh. So basically, <laughs> yeah. they've done the Bachelor. <laughs> then they've done the Bachelorette. Then they did Bachelor in cool. Paradise, which I did admit I yeah. watched because it was young smoke shows hooking up. <laughs> but now they've got the Golden Bachelor. I mean, w- what's yeah. next? Uh, the the grandfather Bachelor? Are they going to have a <laughs> uh, you know a 21 year old? What's next for this show? <laughs> Uh
6: I I'm, I'm sure they're going to you know, if they get good ratings they'll continue and then they'll probably have like the women that he didn't pick, you know, they'll maybe be the golden bachelorette oh. and I and they'll continue.
0: Oh my I gosh. really
6: think if this does well and I I really think it will. I really do.
0: Is this mom, is this like um, the is this the lead talk at, in your like Bunko Club? <laughs> is this the big talk at Book Club?
6: <laughs> no, not really, but it's uh,
0: it's just Not you. Really, but it's just you watching. It's me.
6: And and, and, and your sister. We're, we're, we're pretty oh, into it. Yes. What is
0: she into this 71-year-old man for? <laughs> Gosh. Mom, don't you have other shows to watch? You still haven't caught up on I, The Last Kingdom, Uhtred, Son of Uhtred.
6: <laughs> I was talking with, with my boss about that today, <laughs> about the, the Last Kingdom. Anyway.
0: So you are all in on The Golden Bachelor, huh?
6: I, I, why not? It's, honestly, I don't think it's going to be that much different from the regular Bachelor. You I know? don't know. It's going to be...
0: It's going to be cringeworthy no, when, we'll he's, have... when he's grabbing for blue pills and all that. I'm out, <laughs> Mom. I'm out. <laughs> no, and you know what? I... Don't talk to me about this show. I don't care if you're watching. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. All right? I know you're going to want to call know, you're, me.
6: You're being, you're being an ageist. You are really oh, being an man. agent, and I don't, I didn't raise you, I didn't raise you like that. Come no, no, on. I love old You're people.
0: Too- you know, you know, I love old people. I just don't want to hear about their love life. That, that's the, I'm <laughs> well, out you know on what?
6: that. you are assuming he's going to need blue pills. How do you, don't assume that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're not going to show that on the, on the TV, I don't think. Um, <laughs> it's going to be, you know, him relating to, to women that, you know, has, are probably of similar age and stage in life and huh. probably have been married. You know what? Year, I should have just granted. cut you off
0: when you said you wanted to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mom, before we let you go, is there any other TV shows or movies that you're watching that we should check out? Uh, Project
6: Runway. I love oh, that. But my it, you'll never, you, you would watch Golden Bats 500 times before you'd watch Project Runway. Yeah, I
0: know. How, how about Barbecue <laughs> Showdown? Did you ever finish my favorite show?
6: I didn't finish. I, I have to finish that. We're down to... Um, Logan. I love Logan and um and the big guy, what's his name? Um I
3: don't know. Big guy. I don't remember his name. <laughs> did you did you see Barbie? I do,
6: no, I do. I because I'm you know I'm all about cooking shows. I love food shows.
0: Mom, did you see Barbie?
6: I did. What'd I you think? Was excellent. And I also saw Oppenheimer. Oh, you know, your your, your mom. You know she's very cultural. Yeah, Bar- I'm a Barbenheimer fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like both of them a lot. Um, mm. And you haven't seen
0: either, I bet. No, I was too busy hosting Richmond's biggest event ever this Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah, you missed it. A1's football festival. <laughs> yeah, our cousin Brian was there. <laughs> I haven't seen him in 15 years, and you were too busy. I,
6: know. <laughs> I heard I heard about him from Arielle. And you told me that, that everybody was sipping on this crazy drink with the Jack Daniels and Coke with a cherry.
0: Yeah, the, the AY bomb. bomb, the AWOD bomb. Yeah,
6: AWOD bomb.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Sold thirty-three of them. Good. None of them to Amy.
6: <laughs> now Well, I'm visiting
0: you. Don't forget, I'm coming on Sunday. I know you're only coming because I promised to take you to Luster by Adolf.
6: <laughs> no, that's not the only reason. <laughs> no, I love I love coming to visit you and staying in Scott. All
0: right, don't you have I like don't you have lawyer meetings to take care of? Get off the radio. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later.
6: You got me. You got me revved up now.
0: I know. Okay, I'll, I'll
6: report. <laughs> back on, on gold bachelor all
0: right. you, son. it debuts Bye. late september i'm adam epstein you're listening to awod radio here on the new sports radio 910 the fan now at 105 1 fm now you know zach there was a new trailer that dropped um for a movie called freelance and i'm actually all in on this oh who's in that john cena and allison brie